Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, this is a Purple and Oro Talk, uh, Lakers Talk. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Lakers Nacion. Just want to make a little podcast here to kind of go and talk about our, our Lakers, our Los Angeles Lakers, the one and only Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, talk about some of the moves that have been going down. Uh, obviously, the, 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 the big move that has been that went, just went down that, you know, we've been waiting for a while, the Anthony Davis, you know, finally coming to L.A. Uh, just kind of want to recap that, um, you know, seeing it from, from, from various angles, uh, you know, many people excited about the move. Uh, you still have your people out there that are very uh, concerned about what the Lakers gave up uh, to get Anthony Davis and kind of want to just recap uh, a little bit of that for us here during this uh, podcast. So um, I'd like to start off and kick it off with that. You know, the, the big question that's been uh, out there the whole week is, you know, uh, did the Lakers give up too much? That's obviously what's being thrown out there regarding this Anthony Davis. Um, for months, we've been, the, the Lakers have been after him. Uh, the, one and top, the one and only top target that the Lakers have had on their board, um, the Kawhi Leonard's, the Kevin Durant's, the Clay Thompson's, they're all up there. But the one true target that everybody felt that the Lakers had a chance for was Anthony Davis due to the concerns of these free agents, maybe not uh, wanting to come and play with, with LeBron. So everybody knowing that the best way to surround LeBron with an all-star is by trading for an all-star. So, you know, it goes down. Last Saturday, Lakers get Anthony Davis. Initial reactions, excited about it, pumped up about it, and doesn't take much time before you start hearing the concerns about now, did the Lakers give up too much? Um, Well, first of all, how much is too much? We're talking about a top-tier talent here. We're talking about a top five player in the NBA. Now, very interesting how after the trade goes down, you hear a lot of these analysts uh, throughout the radio, throughout uh, the major uh, broadcast um, shows on TV, indicating that uh, Anthony Davis is a top six talent. It just if you if you if you look at the the small things, you notice that once he became a Laker, once it's this trade went down because he still currently is not a Laker, it won't go down till July six. But um, since the trade went down, I've started f- hearing people discuss him as a top six, top seven NBA, uh, you know, player, uh, top five, top six, top seven NBA player, and no longer identify as a top five player. But, you know, that's for, for another discussion. Um, at the end of the day, uh, there's a lot of great players in the NBA. Um, but if you were looking to, you know, start uh, an NBA team, um, I think there's a limited amount of players with which you would feel very confident with starting your team and Anthony Davis being one of those. So instead of being here and debating about him being a top three player in the league, a top five player in the league, a top seven player in the league, the one thing I do believe that is certain is that he's a tier one type player. And what that is for me, that's a player that by themselves or are great enough that could win you a chip. You know, uh, the Kawhi Leonard's, the LeBron James, the Kevin Durant's, um, however you want to put them in whatever order, uh, many other players that you might think are up there, 
to me, it's, you know, Anthony Davis is a tier one player, meaning that, you know, he, he, he's a top talent. Now, take into account what went out to bring in that, you know, that talent. I don't think that any of our guys at this time are tier ones or will ever become tier ones. Not to say they're not going to be really good players in the NBA. Um, you know, Lonzo Ball, let's say he does live up to the hype and, you know, is a really good player. And um, the comparisons of back in the days of Jason Kidd, that's great, but that's still not a tier one player. You know, Jason Kidd was great throughout his career. When he finally ended up winning that chip, he was next to, at the time, a top-tier talent of Nowinski, Dirk Nowinski. So, um, to me, Lonzo is a great player. In my estimation, he's a really good player. Um, you know, I think he's going to be a hell of a player as long as he stays healthy. Um, obviously, we all know the things that he needs to work on from his shot, free throw shooting. But he brings a lot of tangibles that just make everybody else around him great. But... When you're looking to win a championship, I think before we worry about making players great, we want to make sure that we have a great player. And that Anthony Davis meets all those expectations, all that um, criteria there. He checks it off. Uh, Brandon Ingram, also you know, a, a player that, 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 that is going to be a, an outstanding player uh, um, in this league, um, you know, has the length. Um, both Lonzo and Brandon Ingram, I think, are two very um, good players on the defensive side. Could, um, uh, Brandon Ingram showed improvement on the offensive side. However, the one area that I think is obviously we all know is very important in this um, age in basketball is shooting. And although uh, Brandon Ingram looked really good on his mid-range jumpers, driving to, to the basket, um, everything did not look to come easy to him. Um, you know, he's lengthy, he's long, not explosive to, you know, to, to just, you know, get by a, a, a player. Um, his shot also has not gotten consistent, uh, you know, in regards to his three-point shot and, and so forth. Uh, free throw shooting as well. Those are two young players that, you know, free throw shooting is, is not um, something very um, outstanding or, you know, good enough. At, and to be honest, good enough down uh, the stretch of games that you, if you're watching them play and they get fouled, you're concerned about, you know, them making, making a free throw down, down the stretch. Um, other players in there, uh, Josh Hart, also a, a good complimentary player, but let's not kid ourselves. Um, at this time, I mean, nothing has showed us that he's going to surpass Alonzo Ball, uh, Brandon Ingram, or even reach that level. So that there um, in itself and the fourth pick, you know, We'll see it too too early to tell on the fourth pick. Way too early to tell uh, on the fourth pick. Actually, they got traded down uh, for uh, the Pelicans. So the players that they received in return is, I think, is a little too early to tell on there. So at the end of the day, what you're trying to do as an NBA organization is you're trying to win championships. Um, I, I do not know if just the, if the Pelicans will consider themselves just a small market and want to be relevant. But I think as a player like Anthony Davis, who identifies his talent, who identifies his ability, um, knows what he wants in return, I don't think the organization and his vision are on the same page. So that being said, I do believe a player like Anthony Davis wants to win rings, wants to be elite, wants to you know, be one of the greatest players to play in this league, 
and the organization in itself doesn't seem to be uh, have much interest in that. Um, you know, they got not to say they got lucky, but you know, the balls bounced their way. They got the number one pick in Anthony Davis, and you know, things worked out for them for you know a couple of years. But never did you feel that they really went all in. Um, the Demarcus Cousins uh, trade, great but never really felt like they went all in on Anthony Davis. So with, with, with that being said, just looking at the players in itself, um, I do believe that the Lakers, you know, got the best player um, for the reason being that, like I said it earlier, this is a tier one player. Um, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart are not there. Um, the ability for Anthony Davis to elevate your game is just as impactful or even more than Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart combined. Um, yes, they got the number one pick on Zion Williams. Yes, they're adding more youngsters from the picks that they got from the pick that they got to the, from the Lakers that they then traded to get additional picks. Um, but overall. That's that's a nice, young, nucleus team that's going to play. However, one thing that I think is really important that must be um, taken into account that will also should be taken into account when looking at these picks that the Lakers gave up is that New Orleans also plays in the Western Conference. So what does that mean in regards to the picks? Um, from these picks that the Lakers gave up, Two of these picks, the 23rd, the 2023 and the 2025, are swaps. So what does that mean? That the team with, like, for example, if the, if the Lakers uh, ended up with the, worst with, 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 the, with the worst record than the Pelicans on those years, um, and they have projections to, to land a higher pick, um, the Pelicans could swap with them there. But... When you look at that there, New Orleans also plays in the West. So let's just, let's just look at this from a worst-case scenario. Worst-case scenario. Both the Lakers and... Let's say the Lakers are not doing that well in 2023-2025. Nothing is to tell us that the Pelicans are going to be in any better place because the Pelicans will also be playing in the Western Conference. So although... They're going to, you know, have the opportunity for a, a, a pick swap. Nothing guarantees that. And second, if, if, if you look at today's NBA and you looked at what was put on the Lakers throughout the season, was that not just around LeBron, but just in general, around Kawhi, around Kevin Durant, around LeBron James, even in New Orleans around Anthony Davis, maybe, which wasn't done uh, as clear as it should, but you need shooters. You need to surround these great players with shooters to space the floor out and allow these players to you know, work from the outside, work from the inside, and do what they have to do. But overall, you need shooters. I'm sorry, but what the Pelicans got in return, not one of those players there translates to a really good shooter potential yes but not a really good shooter. Lonzo Ball never stretched out the floor for the Lakers with anything 
um, was another ball handler on the court. Brandon Ingram never stretched out the floor for the Lakers, more slash uh, finishing the basket, moving, trying to get to that mid-range jumper. Um, if you watch many of the Lakers game, uh, nothing seemed to come, nothing really seemed to come easy to Brandon Ingram. He made some very difficult shots, but you know, never was out there knocking shots down. Hart, um, hit or miss, you know, had a, some, some pretty good stretches, uh, then some concerns with the knee. I think which really matched where the, where his shooting somewhat went down. But another guy that could really finish in the basket uh, on the uh, no on the rim. Now Zion Williams could get a shot, you know, could develop that, but that guy's gonna need some, but it's gonna need space, you know. In in this NBA, uh, it's great to jump as high as he jumps. It's great to have the strength that he has, but this is now uh, a man's league, and he was. He, he's ready to go to, you know, he, he, he checks all the boxes off, uh, you know, he's built properly for, you know, to work down low, but um, many players in the NBA now are, will be willing to, to, to bang with them down low and be able to play with them down there, but uh, it's going to come down to shooting. So when I look at the, the, the Pelicans is, you know, it, it's completely not there. You know, they still need that, that, that shooting. So I cannot guarantee myself that the Lakers in 2023 and 2025 will have a worse record. Um, you know, there's very big comparisons uh, of this trade to the Celtics and Nets trade uh, back when Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett were traded. All the picks that the Nets uh, send out to the Celtics for which they have been able to make many of the moves that they have now. But one very big thing to take into account is when that move was done, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, I believe both were 36 years of age or older than, than, than 36. But the Lakers did this for a 26-year-old Anthony freaking Davis in his prime. Um, come 2023, uh, he is not going to be that far from still being relevant. Um, you know, who is to say that, you know, by then it's very certain that there won't be a LeBron James, but that that indicates that there'll be another max uh, slot available in Los Angeles to play alongside an Anthony Davis that chances are you're not going to really fall uh, out of the top eight, what I would think. You know, it should still be a team that's relevant, making the playoffs down the line. Um, you keep your three young cores. Nothing is to guarantee us that those three players, along with a uh, pick that you get, um, more so the players that we have now, that we had in Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart, are going to all re-sign come by that time, 2023, 2025. So with that there, and second is are you, uh, by, that, by that time, um, whatever that market would be, are those the best players available that you're then going to trade? Or maybe not look to uh, extend those players and go, go go another route. So there's so many different things that that we got that that one has to look at. But I think those all pretty much correlate to to showing that you know the the Lakers got uh, a really good deal, and the fact that you know usually whoever gets the best player gets the best deal, and. Right now, I think that's obviously true in the fact that, you know, we got a player in his prime. Um, his absence of basketball last season was not to do with the injuries, had nothing to do with the injuries. Um, 
his efficiency is up there with with LeBron's being two of the best, or not the two best, uh, you know, player efficiency ratings that that there is in the league uh, right now. And he does it with not many touches. Um, can he get more touches now? Yes. Now, just now, not only would he be able to get more touches, and if you want to say he might get less touches, but it's going to be much easier touches now. Uh, LeBron has shown to to expand his range in, in his game. Uh, you know, very similar to what shooting guards down the line do. Um, you know, as they get older, they find a way, uh, like your Kobe Bryant's, your uh, Michael Jordan's, to be able to play a little bit closer to the box. While a big, as they start to to get older, uh, their their job is to somewhat extend their their, their range. And Le- uh, LeBron has shown an ability to do that throughout the last year, throughout the last couple seasons. And I think that's a great indicator for for um, Anthony Davis. And to take into account is that there's a lot of flexibility in what the Lakers uh, could do. Uh, nothing has been confirmed on the uh, uh, amount of cap space that they're going to come. They're going to have come July 6th. Uh, but whatever it is, I, I think it's very, very clear that you know you want to surround this team with shooters if you're not able to get a max player. Now that's another you know area of uh, of discussion uh, where people are very concerned about while well, the Lakers you know get one more max player then they're going to be very very thin on, in their depth and an injury could put them out the ability to to you know meet their reach their goal of of a championship. Well, I mean, I think just in consideration. AD and LeBron are good enough to to do damage. Now, you add one more, that's great. And if one of those, whoever one of those three goes down, is it going to make it much more challenging? Yes, as we've seen with the Warriors. But um, everybody seems to have gone down with the Warriors during these NBA Finals. But if that doesn't happen to the Lakers, they're very much in play to be able to, to you know, uh, weather the storm and, and come out on top, even if they go... Uh, with three uh, max players, and one of them, you know, somewhere down the line is not completely uh, available to to play. Um, you know, especially if we're talking about the regular season. You know, if, you know, we're, if we're managing players' minutes, um, LeBron and AD Knight going out against the Washington Wizards or the Grizz or the Memphis Grizzly, um, even you know your young Sacramento Kings, I think could could very much. You know, take a game like that. Um, who uh, Anthony Davis and whoever that other uh, Max player could be could definitely beat those same type teams. Um, you know, and that's why I feel you know very confident. Even if you get that third Max player, that you know it'll be it'll be fine going down that route because there's still going to be veterans interested in coming and playing with the Lakers. Now, if we don't go for a Max player, that's fine. We could just uh, load up a little bit more money on some of these other players that are really good. And, you know, uh, your Danny Greens, um, you know, that, that, that are available out there, uh, which are, you know, shooting is what we definitely want to get. Um, but um, if that's the route to go, then that's perfectly fine. Um, a player like Seth Curry might not, re- you know, might not require a lot of money from the cap, but it's another, you know, potential target. You know, that, that type player uh, doesn't have to specifically be those, but that type player. I mean, Danny Greens that I... Different tier, I do think, in regards to those available shooters, because I do believe on the defensive side, he, he's really good. 
Um, so you need that. And uh, second to that, as much as we are concerned with shooters, an uh, area that I believe is really important for us that hasn't really been discussed is a, a wing defender. Um, can he spot up and, and play deep? That would be awesome, but you do need a wing defender. Um, I know it might sound somewhat of a homer here, but a, a Trevor Ariza, you know, is a potential target in that area. But, um, you know, the, the elite players right now, um, you know, like a, like a Kawhi Leonard, I know Kevin Durant is out. But, you know, that's where they're making their damn. That's where they're, they're hurting you from. Um, you know, uh, a Paul George is uh, uh, a Mitchell, you know, although he's a guard. But you need, you need a lengthy uh, a defender on those type of a player. player. So um, I do think that's another very, very uh, important uh, area of need that has not been uh, discussed much. But, you know, um, I, I think... You know, there's various ways we could go about it. Uh, it's one of those things where I don't think one solution is the only solution. Um, we can very much adapt to whatever the the outcome is uh, for for us. Maybe, like I said, we get that max player. Um, if this whole cap thing is able to be done and be taken care of by, by July 6th, or, you know, filling it in with a couple, you know, really good role players. So I think whichever way... We go, you know, Laker Nation is gonna be, is gonna be just, just fine, and obviously, you know, just like, 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 um, just kind of some icing on the cake here, as we all know. I mean, being able to keep Kuzma, I think, is is, is an amazing thing. Um, this guy, you know, averages what over 18 points last year. Um, really, only one true player to be defended um, by, by. By the opposition, right on it, like like a like a LeBron James, right. So um, he has really good complementary players around him. But now you add an, a, a second player to that. Um, I, I know we're very very excited about potentially getting a max player to to fill in that role. And um, honestly, if a Kawhi Leonard comes through, um, you know, I, I'm not saying Kawhi is going to be the, the third option, but. Um, if you want to put him from an option one, two, and three between LeBron, AD, and Kawhi, it's really hard to do that right now because they're all so good. Like I and I think all three of those are within that uh, you know, tier one um, level. So I, I can't sit here and and say, oh well, you know, LeBron James will be option one and AD will be option two, and just because you know K, uh, Kawhi is uh, the last signing, he's an option. No, so that that's really you know difficult in itself. So um, I'm not opposed of a max player, but if we don't get a max player, I feel really confident that a, a player like Kuzma could, could definitely fit that, that, that role easily and slip in as a third option on the offensive side. Um, and you add more shooters to that, really, really you, you know, good for, for the Lakers. So um, I think that's, that's really great for, for the Lakers there. And um, just... Felt like that's really a, a place of, of of importance in regards to, um, you know, if the Lakers do strike out and let's not even call it strikeout. Let's just say it's not their uh, selection. It's not their option. It's not the way they go in regards to getting a max player. Um, a, a Kuzma as your third option and potential, you know, good role players, right? Uh, none of this... Uh, 
you know, tough ball, one year signing of your Raja Rondo, your Lance Stevenson's and so forth. Although, you know, some of those came out really good for us. I, I think McGee would be a good re-sign uh, because of his complimentary minutes that he could you know, provide for us. Um, and I think he could play, I think he could play well alongside um, and Anthony Davis um, and, you know, manage his minutes correctly. And, and I think everything would be fine. So I do think you still need another complimentary center. But, uh, but overall, I do believe that the Lakers are in a good place. I do think that the moves that are being done by Laker Nation are positive, are great uh, for the organization. Um, I honestly think for Anthony Davis, there was never too much that you could have given up because of the player that you were getting in return. Um, and just the time that we're in right now in regards to the NBA, um, you know, the powerhouse, the dynasty right now, uh, they have been rocked. Um, you do know that uh, Kevin Durant is, you know, not going to be playing next season. Uh, Clay Thompson coming back, it's going to take a while by that for, for that thing to 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 for him to be going to get going as well as he does and um, let's not even just consider the shooting it's what he gives you on the defensive side um, you know he usually you know is your best uh, perimeter defender um, and you know right off the injury you're going to get him just you know going full speed and then you know in the playoffs with the elite players I think it's going to get very challenging uh, for them so at the time that we're in right now um, you strike now uh, it's not just about winning one championship, you know. It's understanding. I mean, we'll, we'll love to be able to get a, get, get be able to to hoist up that trophy next season. But I do think that Anthony Davis puts you in a much better place going forward uh, than you would have been with uh, Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart. Um, take this into account. Let's say you know Anthony Davis is not uh, traded for this summer. And for some apparent reason, Anthony Davis is available for us next summer. He comes to the Lakers. First thing that everybody's going to be discussing and talking about is you got to surround Anthony Davis with shooters. Lonzo Ball is not a shooter. Brandon Ingram is not a shooter. So would that really fit there for us? So um, at the end of the day, Lonzo, Brandon Ingram might never have been paired with Anthony Davis. And two, you got him now with LeBron James. And you got him at a time where the West is weaker was where the West, where the West now uh, has some significant weaknesses in it, and you're in a position to be able to 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 you know make this thing work out for you and come out with a championship at the end of the season. So, uh, with that said, um, I want to go ahead and uh, thank everybody for listening to this podcast today. Uh, next topic that I would like to discuss would be um, just looking at our current roster. Uh, the current players that are will be considered free agents. Um, let's see, you know, what players might fit best within our current uh, stars that we have. Uh, which players should we look to keep, and you know, what positive impacts they will have within our within our uh, team and organization. That being the Lakers. So, uh, with that said, Purple and Oro, um, follow follow me on Twitter at Lakers Nacion. Um, you know, thank you very much for listening, everyone. You guys all have a very good. And blessed day. I'm out.